WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Welcome to R&D in the QC, episode 46. We are here on a Wednesday morning with someone who's been a friend of ours now for a year or two, but we hope he'll still be our friend. He's recently reached celebrity status, but still has time for the little people in his life, like me and Tar. Uh, welcome, Mr. Joe Bruno. Joe, welcome to the podcast. I, in the past two weeks, I've been on CNN, MSNBC. I've been in a Washington Post, Columbia Journalism Review. But, but nothing, this, this is, is the, biggest, the best thing. This is so cool the being on R&D deal. and QC. So, you know, well, nice I, humble brag there, yeah, Humble brag. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite parts of Joe, and, and this reporting series that we're going to get into here. What is your favorite part of Joe? Oh, well, stop being weird, Larkin. Okay, we're live streaming, and all of a sudden, you're getting real weird. Um, is... His animation when he's like present. Did you watch last news last night's uh, uh, episode of ten what? or eleven of WSOC where Joe happens to work? No, yo, you don't watch his stuff. It's asleep. no problem. Yeah. I, uh, he I forgive goes you. To sleep around like eight p.m. I'm sorry, but he's he gets his eyes get real big. You know, he's like, and now everyone, the picture <laughs> that that changed the world. No, we we love you. So, Joe, why don't we start with this? Um, a lot been going on. This is our special episode because we didn't have council this week. We normally try to focus primarily only on local issues, but that uh, we have an opportunity with NCO nine here. Um, this part week of to which talk is about. in Mecklenburg County, so this is local. It is local. All mm-hmm. politics is local. So you have you have not only reported on this, but you've broken a lot of the news for the listener out there. A lot of and our listeners are Mark Harris. <laughs> for a lot of the listeners out there uh, of ours. They're not plugged into the day-to-day details of what's going on. Can you just kind of walk them through what's happened to date in, in, in big, big kind of brush strokes and particularly highlight for us the things you found and you broke yourself? All right. Uh, so let's see. Where do we start? Um, two weeks ago, I believe it was two weeks to the date. Uh, maybe that was two weeks to the date on last Tuesday. They, um, the State Board of Elections voted unanimously to not certify the 9th District. Uh, they said they were investigating claims of irregularities and potential fraudulent activities in uh, the 9th District, which we later come, came to find out were Bladen and Robison counties. A couple days later, uh, we obtain affidavits by voters that allege all sorts of suspicious activity, people having their absentee ballots picked up by uh, people knocking on their doors. That's illegal in North Carolina. Um, the early vote totals being viewed and leaked by, uh, by people um, who aren't election judges, so people seeing the early vote results before they are supposed to. Uh, we also saw that a man by the name of Leslie McRae Dallas Jr. was pretty much center to all of this and to the affidavits that we obtained and broke. Seems to be a big player in this, He right? He is the big player. He's the main character I also feel like when this. the comedy drama movie with Will Ferrell and uh, what's the guy that's always in the Will Ferrell movies? 
Yeah, who's you, please side, do, do tell me about pop culture, Larkin. I feel like when the movie is made about this, he's going to be the center character. And I feel like he's going to be played by Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. All right. Well, who's who's Will Ferrell's sidekick in all those movies? The Step Brothers guy. Yeah. You, the, the the guy who plays you when people liken us to the character. No one likens us to those characters. Anyway, so McDe- <laughs> so so Will Ferrell uh, angles to this. So wh- what did this guy do? So we later found out. Uh, so a couple days later, we obtained from a source 159 absentee ballot envelopes, the physical envelopes that the absentee ballots were mailed in, and we discovered there were 10 people who were signing as witnesses to at least eight people signing as witnesses to at least 10 ballots. So that's like really unusual because when you're filling out an absentee ballot, who are you going to ask to be a witness? Probably a family member, maybe a neighbor or somebody who goes to school with you. Or Not- the friendly bearded man at your door. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So three of these people signed for more than 40 ballots. So we started going door to door asking these people what was up. Uh, I got threatened to have the cops called on me. We got a lot of people who didn't answer the door. Um, and then we first met one woman by the name of Ginger Eason. And she told us that she was paid 75 or or $100 a week to go around and pick up absentee Now, ballots. was this a lady who was smoking a cig during your interview? No, that was Cheryl Kinlaw. <laughs> that, was, that was Cheryl Kinlaw. Ginger is, that, Eason. is that a Bladen kind of thing right there? You know, I'm not sure. I, I won't comment on that, but I, I will say that, um, you know, the what happened was she told us that she went around and picked up absentee ballots, and that's in and of itself is illegal. Not only did she pick up the ballots, she didn't go and put them in the mailbox right away. She brought them to McRae so, Dallas. So what are the potential laundry list of illegal things that we are investigating right now? One is, uh, is it illegal to request an absentee ballot on someone else's behalf? If you forge their signature, it is. Okay, so that's maybe You one. could help somebody fill out an absentee ballot request form, and I believe you can even mail that form for them, but you can't forge their information. So, so one is you can't forge their information or sign for them, which is required in this. Correct. Two, you can't pick it up for them and deliver it. Correct. Okay, so th- so th- there's our first two items that are potential fraudulent activities. Three, there's possibly ballots that didn't get turned in, right? Right. There are a whole lot of unreturned ballots, so we don't know where a lot of ballots are. We also have interviewed people who said that they handed in their ballots and they were unsealed and unsigned. So we don't know whether their votes were tampered with or whether they were submitted. And to be clear, Dan McCready is not the only victim of this, uh, we'll call it a strategy, because looking back at the primary, Robert Pittenger, where he and Harris had pretty even splits on absentee ballots in most counties throughout this district, in Bladen County, Harris won something like 96% of the absentee ballots? Yes. Uh, in the primary, he won 417 absentee votes, and Pittenger won like 17. But how many it, were not turned in? Uh, I don't have those numbers, but in 2016, this is another startling uh, statistic. McCray Dallas was working for Todd Johnson, and in a Republican primary, finished third. third. Yes, Todd Johnson got 221 of 226 absentee by mail votes. Mark Harris got four. Robert Pittenger got one. And what I said was, I could be on the ballot in Bladen County and accidentally get one absentee vote, let alone an incumbent who has represented the 9th District. Of course, this was You probably get them all. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about right. that. Let me ask this question. <laughs> yes. uh, but to be clear for anyone who's listening, Todd Johnson didn't get lots of other votes. Right. He, he did not perform well. So for him to have so overperformed in this specific county that then later suddenly is in love with Mark Harris in their absentee voting... Well, is, uh, let, let me let me flag. jump in there because while 
the data indicates risk for fraud and things like that, you can run campaigns very specific to certain things and outperform. If literally I spend all my time on mailers for general election folks and you spend all your time and all your money on the absentee vote, let's say you just chose Todd to Johnson, do that for campaign some reason. strategy. Bullet point number one, focus on absentee ballots. Well, and yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying we can't jump to a guilty no. conclusion. Just now, now statistically improbable. More, more of the things that Bruno here has uncovered, mm-hmm. I think maybe start to fill in that picture. But I think it's important we not jump to a conclusion. I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. I read it somewhere. Um, and it might have been from you. Uh, and I want to see if this is true. Was it true that the Dallas character was actually as early as 2010 or 11 a Democrat and a Democrat operative doing these same things? He's worked for both Democrats and Republicans. I do believe he was a Democrat as well um, at one point. So that's where he learned these, these tactics. I'm not sure where he learned the tactics. There's not but much political motivation so much as he's found himself a, a niche uh, career, and uh, I, I think that career might now, now be over. But where did, where did our... Uh, Someone who we spent a decent amount of time with last year in the city council campaigns. Where did Pete Givens come into this? This is really interesting yes, to me point. because let me tell people who Pete Givens is. Yeah, Pete Givens was the Republican uh, candidate who ran against Dr. Justin Harlow in the 2017 general election for the District Two city council seat um, and lost handily because that that seat is is a very safe Democratic seat. But Pete Givens pops up in a quote saying that uh, Mark Harris had recommended this gentleman to him. It's just amazing to me that Pete Givens is involved in all of this somehow. Like, if you had to predict one person to somehow be involved in this, you probably wouldn't guess Pete Givens in your first 100 I'd guesses. Guess Daniel Herrera. <laughs> um, Shout out, Danny. I'm uncomfortable with people seeing our facial expressions during these, these shows right now. Go ahead. Uh, Pete Givens. Okay, so uh, Pete was running for the Charleston City Council seat, and Mark Harris was given pastor so Givens and Harris were close and Givens told us at Channel 9 that Harris arranged for him and McRae Dallas to meet he said that Harris told him that Dallas has a process that he has some sort of process the, the, the quote was sketchy maybe it was just because he was responding but I felt like the quote was like it was like disjointed and it was like in the middle very strange it was like he's well he said like Mark told me he had a process that, you know, he didn't know what the process was, but it has a right. process and we're going to find out what the process is. So, um, but basically the big takeaway from Givens is that, uh, Harris introduced him to McCray Dallas and, uh, Givens told and us, you know, Givens flipped on Harris in a moment. Givens uh, told us that he didn't, you know, have Harris. I mean, he didn't have Dallas on his payroll for long. I think he only paid him $800 for consulting fees. So it wasn't like, um, Dallas was going around. West Charlotte. I mean, did, did he did he flip on him though, or was it more like you asked me a question? I I, I kind of just responded. Pete Givens, or did Pete Givens? Yeah, find we, that's we, a great we question. We called Pete Givens. Okay. Yes, we called Pete Givens. I know Charlotte Observer called Pete Givens as well. Because what made you guys follow that? Uh, he was well, on he was the in, finance report. Yeah, he was on the finance report. Uh, he was, and that's like why is a Mecklenburg County. Charles City Council candidate hiring McRae Dallas. (laughs) So uh, that's why. I mean, he was the only person other than Todd Johnson really in our area who hired McRae Dallas. And Mark Harris, of course, his campaign hired McRae, we found out. But uh, it's interesting, though, there is no record of McRae Dallas on Mark Harris's finance reports because 
he was working for the campaign through Red Dome, which so, is a political consulting so firm. So talk to us about what you've uncovered on these potential payments. And mm-hmm. and again, no one needs to jump to a crazy conclusion just at the, the, the mention of payments because people in campaigns pay operatives, pay grassroots, pay consultants all the time for different things. But the, it it's something seemed interesting to me about maybe the dollar amount and the nature of this mm-hmm. payment and, and what was cited as part of the payment. In one of the original affidavits we reported on, somebody claimed that uh, McRae Dallas would receive a $40,000 bonus if Mark Harris won. Um, that payment we do not have a record of. We know that the Harris campaign paid Red Dome more than $400,000 for their services for the election. And we do know last week the Harris campaign filed with the FEC uh, a nature of debt notice that they owe $34,000 to Red Dome. And one of the reasons why they owe so much money is reimbursement for blade and absentee. So reimbursement for blade and absentee. I think one of the big questions on a lot of folks' minds are, so let's say that in large part due to a lot of your reporting, the, 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 the indications seem overwhelming that something sketchy happened, right? I think everyone who's kind of looking at this impartially as they can feels that way. And if it, it indeed ends up being proved, I think everyone I personally associate with says, we got to do the right thing here. We supposedly stand for transparency and, and, you know, ethics in these processes. And, it's a redo if if there's even any bit of proof there, but even Dallas a, Woodhouse is saying we yeah, should redo it. But 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 <laughs> but I guess my question is, at some point though, there's another layer to this, which is who knew what and when, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I, I was thinking the other day, I, I was trying to put myself in the shoes. So we're, we're in a unique spot because we also campaign. We campaign on a smaller level. Let's say that let's say that uh, uh, Harris has ten times the amount of campaign funds that we have. So this is a $40,000 check, right? So that's equivalent in pain points to us having a three or $4,000 check that we're cutting someone to do a service for us. I guarantee you, I know, I, I, I'm not cutting those checks like, oh yeah, here you go, right? Even if it seems like a small amount, I mean, it's a, it's a chunk of the money I've raised, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean though, on the other hand, that he knew anything. So like, how do you feel, where does this story go? And how do you, how do, does that question ever get answered and who knew what? If he, does it matter if he knew exactly what was going on? The fact that it went on calls into question, not only the validity of the general election against Dan McCready, but the validity of the primary election against Robert Pittenger. And so how, does it matter criminally? It, no, 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 knew, no, 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 no. Yes. Does Here's it matter why it matters. if he knew said that, that we need to have an election that is, that we can have some confidence in? No, I don't think it matters whether Mark Harris knew this fraud was going well, on it, or not. It matters to me in one very we'll important way. We'll figure that out way. later whether no, no. or not to send him to jail. The, the, yeah, that the difference to me is if you didn't know, but one of your, your operatives did it, you're still accountable in some way. And But that kind of accountability can be decided by the voters in a re-election. But if you literally knew... I think that's a that's a different ball game, right? I, I think there's it's almost like a disqualifier of sorts. Has anybody talked to Pittenger to see if he wants to have the primary redone? Actually, we did yesterday when uh, there was talk from Republicans in Raleigh that they wanted a new primary if the state ordered a new election. Um, and Pittenger said, "Right now, I'm focused on my terrorism and security conferences that I have planned for 2019, and I'm watching the Ninth District like everyone so else." So, what's really nuts about this is I was with Pittenger for two days in D.C. at the at the terrorism summit while this was all going on. And we were obviously really busy with all the folks from 80 countries around the world coming in, but I got to break away and actually have a chat with him. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm betraying his trust by saying this. I think he's like, 
he's really torn. I think half of him is like, oh my gosh, another chance. Like, you know, and if, you know, I, I, given kind of how this is all shaking out, I could be successful this time. And I think I am probably a great option, especially with the backdrop for the general. But I think the other side of him is like, it's painful to lose an election, especially a close election. And I think he's sitting there like, I've kind of like, no one's done at this point, this close removed, but he's kind of mentally moved on to the, the ter- anti-terrorism stuff he's going to do. So I, he didn't have a distinct answer either way, but I know he, he seemed torn. Because it'd not be like they'd give him back the seat. He'd have to run again. And right. It is exhausting to run a campaign. And I'm sure his mindset had shifted once he didn't think he was going to be in the seat anymore. So that would be a lot to try to, to turn that engine back on and, and get your campaign going again. And then this, the one of the more bizarre details of this is they said Mark Harris can't be removed from the ballot unless he physically moves out of the state of North Carolina. And I think what a that weird is a, it is a weird technicality, technicality. But I think that is a perfect option. I would love for Mark Harris to move out of North Carolina uh, and and then permanently stay wherever it is that he goes. He'll have to buy like a. a- a house in Rock Hill if he wants to get off the ballot. What's really interesting is that Republicans yesterday, I believe it was David Lewis and Dan Bishop, they had this huge press conference where they were like, in our elections bill would be a provision that would require a new primary if the state board orders a new election. And then that language was stripped from the bill because they could not get enough members to support it. So instead of having a new primary now, we're looking at a rematch between Harris, McCready, and the libertarian Jeff Scott if the state Who board also orders. Ran against Tarek last year. Did he really? He did. I didn't know that. He did. Um, but the U.S. House. U.S. House can get involved. Can get involved, and they can call for a complete do over. Yes, a which is surprising election. to me. A complete do-over, I wouldn't have assumed it also would include a refiling period. Yeah, new filing, new primary. Um, but, you know, you have to so wonder. Some of the Republicans who just lost their races in 2018 could potentially Well, did you see the, the long-leaf politics? We had invited yes. uh, Andrew Dunn to come in, but he, he couldn't come for this session. We'll have him in another time. What he said in his article was he listed like the top five or six potentials now. And, I mean, there's a whole crop of great Republicans who literally – can't find a place to serve around our our blueing city now. So I, I mean, thought Andrew Dunn hit a home run with that article. I agree with every yeah. single person He's he mentioned. He's been killing it on Long Longleaf. Uh, he has politics. some great coverage so for the. Would you say at this point, what would you say at this point, the likelihood of Mark Harris ending up serving the ninth congressional district is either by certification of the results that took place in November, or by him being back in a re-election and winning. Handicap this thing for us, Bruno. You know, it's hard for me to predict. I would never want to predict the outcome of a race because then you end up looking foolish if you're wrong. But, I mean, look at all the evidence that has been revealed by the media. And then just think about what hasn't the media found out yet that the state board investigators are looking into right now. And then you have to also think about the state law that has kind of a a small threshold for ordering a new elections. All they have to say is that there were there was enough irregularities and potential fraudulent activities that this election has been tainted. And thinking about all of the coverage we've seen so far about all of the improprieties that have been revealed in Bladen and Robeson counties, um, do you think that the election has been tainted at this point? Does anyone have yeah. trust in the results at this point? Well, here's the thing that I think is interesting. If they if they ask for a new primary, I think Republicans would say this is a wounded duck. We we need to uh, jump ship, and you know I don't know whether they send back Pittenger or if does a Matthew Ridenour get in the race, and, and that 
seems like uh, the more appealing option. They would certainly not put Ford Harris again in a primary, I don't think. But if if the only thing that's ordered is a redo of the general election, there are undoubtedly lots of people who voted for Mark Harris that would vote for him again because they're so entrenched in, in their camp versus the other camp. And so, you know, and I think that's what we saw with President Trump. People thought, well, I'm, I'm not voting for Hillary, so I don't care what comes out about President Trump. I'm still voting, or Donald Trump at the time. I'm still voting for him. And I think people would, again, for Harris, because they'd say, well, I'm not voting for that Democrat, even though Dan is, is more of a moderate type of Democrat. So I, it would be weird to see that general election happen again. And, and it would still be very competitive, I think. The thing is, though, if this new election won't happen overnight, we need at least 45 days, according to federal law, for absentee voting. So we're looking at a spring uh, not to spring mention election, not maybe. To mention they're 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 talking now about investigations, and the right. question now is, does an investigation have to happen before any of that even starts? I could envision a scenario when we're not having a general election until the summer, and then at that point, are huge Democrat and Republican groups going to invest so much money for a seat that the winner is just going to have to run for again in another year? Um, and also, well, the answer is yes. Look at some of the special elections that happened. Just in the last 12 months, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Connor Lambs, the uh, John Ossoffs, those type of elections and the money yeah. that was invested in those to only be a very short term placeholder. But acknowledging that the that incumbency is a huge advantage mm-hmm. in that reelection. So um, it really is interesting. But I, I will say I, I, I don't enjoy the fact no one should enjoy the fact um, that there is this much underhandedness going on in an election in North Carolina. And, and then undoubtedly this was happening before this election. But, um, I, I did wake up the morning after the election, happy about so many things that happened that day. And I, I said to my wife, it just kills me though, that Mark Harris is going to Congress. And so I, I have to say, I'm, I'm a little bit glad that maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I not. obviously I didn't feel that that way that you did, but what is killing me right now is the fact that, um, we are in this position questioning the 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 entire process and the faith in this process is so important if you're on facebook since we're doing this now a lot of people have uh, have joined and if you have questions for joe chime in now here's one from henry joe i think we covered this a little bit there's mm-hmm. probably going to be a special election will there have to be a new primary election also this whole thing gives grassroots efforts a bad name uh, if there us if the us house gets involved and orders a special election there will have to be a new filing a new primary possibly a second primary and then um, the general election i yeah. mean this is a, we're a huge deal right now bo thompson joined Oh wow, Bo from from uh, eleven ten. I mean, our our we're, we're we're probably on pace to to eclipse the Pat McCrory show with Bo Thompson. This is the Tark McCrory 11, show with Larkin Eggleston. Eleven ten. That's like the NPR for Republicans, right? Yeah, it's like where we don't have to whisper, like we're in a library. So, um, because you're yelling. <laughs> uh, it for this to for this to go to a to a redo in one form mm-hmm. or fashion. Is there, in your opinion, a a missing smoking gun? And since you've been breaking or all this a news, smoking gun. Is there a smocking gun? Yes. Yes. It, that will help me uh, feed uh, two birds with one scone. That's my new st- saying. Uh, you haven't seen the, the PETA recommendations? Anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, is there a missing smoking gun that, that would absolutely tip this over? And are you on the hunt for it? For example, are you, are you out there trying to find someone who got a absentee ballot, handed it to somebody, and, there's, and it just isn't anywhere? 
Is that is that the thing that ultimately just seals the fate of this thing? Because right now, even the people who are calling for it, many of them are still saying if fraud is proven to have impacted the election. Well, it's tough to know what the smoking gun is if there's anything that the state board needs to kind of blow this wide open. I feel like the doors are open at this point and, um, you know, we can see right into the investigation. But the, the big question really that needs to be answered now is what did Mark Harris know and when did he know it? So mm-hmm. if there is anything that ties Mc, uh, McRae Dallas uh, or Mark Harris's knowledge of McRae Dallas, what he was doing during the primary and the election, that would be, I would say, the biggest question that's out there right now. Well, Question what, number two. Yeah. How does McCray Dallas look in orange? Have we seen any pictures of him in orange? Is this jail, is this jail time kind yes. of uh, stuff right here? Well, I will say McCray Dallas does have a criminal history. He served um, time in the 90s for fraud and perjury. Ouch. Yeah, figure. Not a good sign. All right. We did request a mugshot from the Department of Corrections, but they did not have one on file. But that was 90s. during his Democrat years, which I, think- I don't know what political party he was in the 90s. I'm pretty I don't- sure it was Democrat from 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 no but basis again, I'm whatsoever. This guy, like our president, really doesn't fit into either party. They're just concerned with themselves. Right. No, no. And look, it, we can joke around, but this is what he's done. If indeed this ends up being the case, which. It looks like to be there. There is no joking matter about that. That, that. that is not cool. So is the smoking gun out there right now? Do you do you think that from what's already been found, there's enough for this board to say, all right, let's let's redo it. There's a lot that has been found. I think the state board will look at everything and make that decision. But another important note, he wasn't just working for Mark Harris during this campaign. He was working for the Bladen County Sheriff as well. Jim McVicker. How close was that race? I, it was competitive. I, I don't know. Um, I think it was about a thousand votes maybe that separated them all Blaine County, of course. But McVicker had him on his payroll through campaign finance reports. We've confirmed that as and well. that was the incumbent sheriff? That was the incumbent sheriff, yes. So how subpoenas have been issued to his campaign. How long of a list of campaigns do we have that, that Dallas has worked on now? Did he work on like the 2014 Senate race at all? Did he work on... Um, Anything else for Harris or anybody else? Did he work against or for Pat McCrory? I think against Pat McCrory in, in his last go- government? I don't know. And, you know, Nick Oxner might be the better person to ask on that. He seemed to be digging around into McCray and other um, Democratic ballot schemes in Bladen County. But um, I, I believe the Mark Harris race is probably the biggest race that he's ever worked on in terms of scale. I mean, he was with Todd Johnson in the primary, but Todd Johnson didn't win obviously so mark harris versus dan mccready was probably the biggest race that he has participated i just in. i just remembered one more thing mm-hmm. what so there's also this angle of uh of of who saw an early peak at mm-hmm. the early voting returns yeah. what, what is that about and why is that important? so that came through an affidavit from two weeks ago as well a poll worker says that the early voting total results were run and witnessed by three people who were not judges. So basically, that's a huge advantage for anybody who has access to that um, material. Because if you know like how many early votes that you received and where they were coming from, uh, your last weekend going into the campaign, like you, can, you know exactly where to spend your money. That's a huge advantage for mm-hmm. any campaign. So that reason... Uh, Any Dow- indication of which side or what party we, saw it? We don't know who these three people... Are. Are, the, are any of the people 
who all's head might roll at Bladen County Board of Elections? The heads have already started to roll. The chair resigned. The vice chair resigned. We have a new interim director in there. Uh, Dallas Woodhouse is calling for the state board to take over the Bladen County Board of Elections. So it, a lot of turnover is happening in there. Another thing is this building is horribly insecure. I obtained a Department of Homeland Security report. It's one of those backyard sheds you keep like your your axe and your shovel in. So get this, they they have the cameras, the security cameras inside the building have not worked for nine years. <laughs> then the building does not have an alarm either. They just have one of those little red flashing lights that's supposed to make it look like you have an alarm. <laughs> they don't, or there's a CPI sticker <laughs> in the front. You try to trick people. Back. So it's horribly insecure. It share they share the building with Doesn't the. Have a door. <laughs> they have a door. I've seen their door. But the Board of Elections shares an office with the Veterans Office as well. People who work in the Veterans Office have 24-hour access to the Board of Elections. I thought he was going to say veterinary clinic. No. That would have been <laughs> no. perfect. A dog ate my ballot. <laughs> so, and I guess when I was talking to Jens Lutz, who resigned from the Board of Elections, he told me that they got this Department of Homeland Security report. They they wanted to act on it. They voted unanimously to do so. And then the Board of County Commissioners wouldn't put it on the agenda to vote on the security improvements. So, I mean, if you go into the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections, I'm sure they have everything like with a guard standing outside the door in the locked room and everything's really secure. And here, yeah, in Bl- type ship yeah Blaine County, I mean, we have a building with no cameras inside that haven't worked for nine years and no alarm and everybody seems to this accept it. This is definitely going to be a Will Ferrell movie. Well, I, mean, I just, like a month ago, I re- rewatched that old movie, Re- Recount. Remember from the uh, the the whole that Florida County debacle? Is this uh, our uh, what is that down? What's that county down there? The one that's Brevard, like the famous uh, Brevard, one. Is it, uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Larkin's not going to save oh, wow. me on this, unfortunately. No. Well, anyway, it's like I mean, it's a whole story of incompetence, and and I feel like you're right. This could be like a you know, straight to Netflix movie, maybe. Yeah, I, I think Netflix has plenty of material. Well, it's, for it's a Christmas season, so it could be a Hallmark movie. Like these Hallmark movies are getting loose, man. My Love wife showed story. me one Mark last Harrison. night. <laughs> <laughs> McCray, Dallas. Oh man. So all right. So Joe, uh, kind of let's wrap it up here mm-hmm. with with maybe a question or two. My question is: So what does your the rest of your day look like? <laughs> like, where, like I mean, this is you. You're you're leading. You're on all these national shows right now, and on ten and eleven, you're you're like the lead story. So clearly. I'm sure your bosses and higher ups are like, keep doing what you're doing. So where are you planning to head today? Good question. So I'll say like last night's breaking news was the photo of McCray Dallas and Mark Harris. We did not get that until seven ish, six fifty. Is that really so, a story? Let me just push think, back a little so, bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a great mm-hmm. visual. I get yes. it. But like, okay, tell me. So uh, the photo in of itself probably is not a story, but you have to take it with the context of everything that we've learned about McCray Dallas and Mark Harris, how Pete Givens introduced um, how Pete Givens was introduced to Dallas by Mark Harris in 2017. A year later, in 2018, uh, McRae Dallas is taking a picture of Mark Harris. So really, the argument can't be that this was just a random photograph that uh, a politician was taking with a person, because there is that established relationship uh, from 2017. So you can't really, uh, if you look at it that way, it'd be really tough for the Harris um attorneys or investigators to say they that they didn't know who McRae Dallas So there, what you're saying is that it, it kind of maybe debunks one of two of the important parts. 
did he know the guy and have a relationship mm-hmm. and did he know what the guy was doing? And what you're Correct. saying is it doesn't quite say it, but it kind of is an indication that, you know. Right. When taken with the totality of everything else, it shows that they did have some sort of relationship. But in no way does that apply that Mark Harris knew what McCray Dallas was doing. All right. Henry Martinet has, uh, has sent in another question mm-hmm. for you, Joe. What about previous Dallas complaints forwarded to the Eastern North Carolina mm-hmm. District Attorney who happens to be Mark Harris's son? What? Yes, that is that is, is, that is a true? fact. Um, the Mark Harris's son works as an assistant U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of North Carolina, which makes um, Allison Lattice's scoop really interesting because she was the first to report that the FBI is now involved, and if a potential case comes out of this, it's being handled in the Middle District of North Carolina, not the Eastern District. Mm-hmm. So. I think that, you know, the connection, if you read between the lines there, that they wouldn't handle this in the Eastern District, which has ties to Mark Harris. They would handle it in the Middle District. So that kind of shows you um, that maybe there's this could be a bigger thing in the future. So so pick back up on where mm-hmm. you're going today and, and like, what, what's the next story that you can expect? Good question. Uh, I'm working a couple different angles and uh, I don't think it would be appropriate well, for me to comment right what now. exactly they are. I, doorsteps when they I know other journalists. cigarette in hand so you can really totally get them. I know a lot of journalists listen to this podcast so I won't uh, oh, show oh, my oh. hand. You don't want to tip anybody else off. But oh. um, I will say that I don't think the reporting uh, on this will let up anytime soon. There's some more out there. Wow, man. Is Mark wait. Harris still preparing as if he'll be taking office in January? I don't think so. I do know this. When I so I was the one who broke the news to the campaign managers that the results were not did you, certified. Did you capture their face on tape. <laughs> Unfortunately it was over the phone. But um, when I called Jason Williams, the campaign manager for Mark Harris, he was in new member orientation with Mark. And he was, was like, he going to be his like one of his? I don't, I don't know what his role was going to be, but I do know that he had no idea what was going on. Just like Aaron Simpson of Dan McCready's campaign had no idea what was going on. This was just the board of elections, um, really throwing a curveball here and throwing a race in the question. But um, they, I, I mean, I assume because what happened before all this broke, new members selected their offices. So I assume Mark Harris had an office that he selected. Nobody has been able to answer the question for me. What happens to like the ninth district constituents if nobody's well, seating? Well, this, this is in January. I actually did read right? something that said that the the House, United States House, could elect to keep Pittenger's staff on okay. to oh. um, to just work with constituent needs and constituent services. So it would be Pittenger's staff operating without a congressperson mm-hmm. and reporting to some department um of the federal government so there didn't is this happen to mel, mel watt, watt. Mel Watt's and he was, was out for like 11 months or something well his seat was held open by pat mccrory for the better part of a year hmm. in that case i don't know if his staff was retained for the constituent services portion or not i presume they were that's a great question though um but in this case it, it's the the one thing i've read about it said that pittenger's staff could be held um so that folks in the ninth district have um, Someone helping hand up there in Washington is is the data out there right now that you could go say this person requested a a, a an absentee ballot and it was turned in um, and this person requested an absentee ballot and it wasn't turned in and that latter group you could go and and find out who who actually said I handed mine to somebody yes that data is out there 
but we haven't found the latter bucket yet. Any people willing to speak? We have not tracked down somebody who voted at, by absentee, had someone collecting their ballot, and it never got turned in. Hmm. So that is out there. Interesting. So um, I guess uh, I guess let, 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 let's go round robin with final thoughts, one each, and and my final thought will be. Um, I just, I, this sucks so bad and it sucks for everybody. It sucks for grassroots volunteers out there who bust their butts and now have this kind of, you know, this chip that will be on the shoulder, especially around here for a long time to come. How are you acting and what's going on? It sucks for, it sucks for, uh, it sucks for Mark Harris, right? I mean, he's right now feeling like he won an election, depending on what he knew. Let's assume that he, he is completely he just has a staff problem that somebody didn't govern close enough. Well, now he's in the middle of what's of what should be one of the more exciting times ever. Um, and uh, there's this huge cloud over his head. And it sucks for my good friend, Robert Pittenger, who's probably looking back at the numbers saying, you know, did I win? So I just I think there's at the end of the day, there's no winners. We just need to minimize the number of losers that come out of this. There's going to be an asterisk on the name, whoever ends up winning because of this extremely polarized nature so if mark harris ends up being seated there's going to be an asterisk next to his name if dan mccready beats him in a, a new election then there'll be an asterisk next to his uh but really i think the big takeaway is this isn't about whether republicans retain the seat or whether democrats pick up a 41st seat this is about the integrity of the electoral process everything our constitutional right to vote and whether you can trust that the person you voted for was actually the person that uh, received the vote in the long run. It's much bigger of an issue than just uh, who wins this race. It's really about making sure the right to vote is protected. Agreed. This isn't going to shift any any significant power uh, having one more congressional seat go one way or the other, but, um, but we do need to make sure we get it right. And whether it's Robert Pittenger or Dan McCready or somebody who maybe wasn't even in the original election, uh, I will continue to keep my fingers crossed that Mark Harris is not seated in this because I, there will be a dark cloud hanging over that seat uh, if he is to be put in it. And I knew I didn't. No, like come that. on. I knew man. I didn't like this guy. No, no. You need to. You 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 know. I know you're more quality than that. You want the right person and to he, be seated, right? And if that's Robert Pittenger, then so be it. If it's Dan McCready, then so be it. What if it's Mark Harris? I think you'd be. It'd be a a, a high bar to meet right now to convince me that Mark Harris was not complicit in something illegal going on in this election. It, it, let's not, did let's, he know let's not rush Dallas, to, to, did he to know judge people Dallas before was doing? the facts are on the table. Quite That's possibly no. And probably no. Look, you know Robert Pittenger is a close personal friend, and, and I I'm would love him to be there. But let's not, let's not, let's not, ju- I think it's dangerous to jump to conclusions ahead of the data and the process. I didn't jump man. to conclusions when they didn't certify these results. And my wife, my wife literally asked me, like, does this mean anything? Is, is this going to mean Mark Harris doesn't get seated? And I said, it probably doesn't mean anything. It's probably some technicality. I assumed for a week it meant nothing. The fact of the matter is there continues to be more and more stuff coming out that demonstrates that it does mean something. There is something to it. And, and again, I would be hard. I think most people in the Ninth District and elsewhere would be hard-pressed to be convinced that Mark Harris – didn't wink, wink, nod, nod to McCray Dallas and say, hey, man, do your thing. Maybe he didn't know what that thing was, but, I mean, 
<laughs> Joe, who do you want to win? Good, oh, I, you know I can't say. <laughs> you know he I can't comment. To, he wants to, to drag on for another 12 months. <laughs> yeah. 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 The whole thing oh. is surreal. Two weeks ago, I was sitting in a meeting about scooters, and now I'm you don't, know, I, reporting on this. <laughs> no, no, no. But Larkin still. hasn't banned those things yet, man. <laughs> Give us a chance. Don't, don't belittle what we do. I'll be, in the big time. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll be back, and I'm looking forward to being back to Charlotte City Council. Listen, I think the thing we'll close on here is – is you know I think the silver lining of all of this, if there yes, is any, Mark Harris isn't going to Congress. Damn it, I hate, I hate, <laughs> I hate Larkin. Is um you 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 uh you've been crushing it. I think everyone out there who's been following this at any level is like, oh, this is terrible. Uh, and Joe Bruno, have you seen him? So I mean, like, this is the kind of in a, in a world where in a world in a world say where, in a world in a world where Joe Bruno turns where, into a superstar where the where the media. You know, people view them in, in various angles. Um, I think that anyone would be really hard pressed, um, aside from maybe a couple things like I pushed back on the relevance of the picture, which you explained, uh, to say that you're not a shining example of the best of uh, of the biz in, in the way you go about doing these investigative reporting. Because my hunch is we don't know where this is going to go, but I would be pretty certain that we wouldn't be at this point of awareness and potential without without the the breaks that you've made well thank that means a lot you know i really try to and i make an effort to be fair no matter what story i'm doing but um you know it really meant a lot that you know not only has i really haven't been receiving any pushback to my reports everybody has really been consistent in thanking us for exposing this but uh also the fact that dallas woodhouse you know had an editorial thanking like me and nick oxner and he put on there saying that my reporting did a service it shows that i'm not like a partisan hack i'm really have the best interests in heart and i want to expose this and be fair and um you know report fairly for both sides not too many things you'll get Dallas Woodhouse and me to agree on. But in this case, we appreciate the work you're doing and uh, keep it up, man. Thank yeah. You. Get to the bottom of this thing. Thank so uh, uh, since this is our first live stream in parallel with the recording of the podcast, let us know through comments how you guys liked it and the interaction. Should we keep doing it? And if you've never heard of the podcast and this is your first exposure to it because Facebook's algorithms have suppressed it, uh, please go out and uh, and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it's R ampersand D in the QC. Follow it, like it. We're about to get the Bruno bump though, because no, no, we're giving Bruno the bump. <laughs> well, no, I think it's. I think the tables have turned now. So when he tweets this out, it's going to get like a thousand retweets, <laughs> and uh, so we should be prepared to become nearly as famous as Joe. After Y'all this. were already in the Wall Street Journal front page, we, we right? Were. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. We totally were a big deal. Yeah. Like yeah. So this is a. Uh, it must be such an honor for you. Yes. Kind of. You've made it. You finally know you. I listened made it. to this All podcast right. in the car. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, see, I see your phone ring, and it's Anderson Cooper. We'll let you take oh, okay. yes. in this episode. <laughs> all right. And, uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Later. I win it now.